Happy Easter. How's everyone doing? Good. Thanks to everyone for coming out. It's a little chilly. Are you guys doing okay? It's a little cold. We got some hand warmers and hot coffee for you, so feel free. Here's the deal. If your kids need to run around and make some noise, that's perfectly fine. My three-year-old will lead the charge on all of that. But hey, we're really glad that you're here. Welcome to Grace Hill Church. We are a brand new church here in Herndon. We actually just got started last September. So if you haven't heard of us, that's why. And we meet down the road here at Herndon Middle School. And so we're just so excited to be able to have our Easter service here on the town green. Uh, It's early this year. Uh, April 1st is early for Easter. So next year it's April 21st, I believe. So we hope to make this an annual tradition. It'll be a little bit warmer in future years. But thanks for being here. If this is your first time, any interaction with Grace Hill, we are, we are glad you're here, and we'd love to tell you a bit later how you can get more connected with us. Um, but this morning, as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, uh, what I want to do is I want us all to look into the Bible. And if you go to your Bible, uh, if you have a Bible, you can open it up to Luke, the Gospel of Luke. It's in the middle of your Bible. We also printed it in your songbook, so just feel free to look right there on your songbooks. I think it's on page 10, but it's there. But here's the thing. When it comes to the resurrection of Jesus, the Bible makes a pretty startling claim. And I think that that claim is worth investigating. Whether you have believed in Jesus or not, your whole life, or you still don't know what you believe, I think it's a claim worth investigating. Investigation. Uh, that certainly is a word that has been in the news lately. That's a buzzword, right? All right. What did Hillary do with her emails? Or what did the president do with his relations over the seas, right? Claims have been made. We got to investigate because if true, it changes a lot, right? I mean, that's why we investigate when a claim is made that if true, it, it changes so much, right? Or... You could be like my friend Mark. Uh, One day out of the blue, my friend Mark received a letter from a lawyer. That letter said, hey, your long-lost great-grandfather who lived in Canada, uh, well, he died a long time ago, but some property of his was sold, and you're in the will to receive the money. I need to know where to wire the $1.5 million. (laughs) Right? That's a claim that if you receive that, you investigate right? Because if true, that changes everything. Or if you think about the Me Too movement that's been happening, where people have been emboldened to face their abusers, claims have been made that need to be investigated. Because if true, it, it changes a lot. Or if you feel a tightness in your chest or a lump somewhere in your body that doesn't feel right, you investigate that because that could change everything. See, investigation is a good thing because it is something that we do when claims are made that have radical implications on our lives. So we need to investigate to see, is this true or not? And and the Bible makes a claim about the resurrection of Jesus. But that claim is not that it just happened. It does claim that, but it's much more than that. It claims that if it did happen, then it radically impacts every person's life. The Bible goes as far to say, actually, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that if the resurrection did not happen, 
If Jesus did not walk out of the grave, then just dismiss everything Christianity has to say. If Jesus did not come out of the grave, we can just take our Bibles and we can dismiss them. Because the scripture says if that did not happen, then none of it is true. So it's an important claim. All of what the Bible has to say hinges on the resurrection of Jesus. And if this claim is true, it also changes everything about our own lives. And I want to show you. If you, in your Bible, we at Luke 24. Uh, the Gospel of Luke is an eyewitness account of the life of Jesus. And chapter 24 is when we read about the resurrection. And you have that printed in your songbooks. But I want you to read this with me. Look at it. Starting in verse 1. It says, But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. When the Bible says they, it means a group of women who were helping prepare the body of Jesus for his burial. And so they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, two angels. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven, that's Jesus' disciples, and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them, Jesus' followers, like an idle tale. They did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. And so as we read this account of the resurrection of Jesus, we have a choice to make, just like the apostles had a choice to make. The apostles were some of Jesus' followers prior to his crucifixion on the cross, and many of them abandoned Jesus when he was arrested and executed. And here in Luke 24, it was several women who on the third day after the death of Jesus had encountered the empty tomb and, and also encountered an angel who told them that Jesus had risen from the dead. So actually just just pause here for a second. I love this about the Bible. In God's providence, he made a group of women be the first to see the resurrection of Jesus and proclaim it. In that day, women weren't considered really as valuable as men. They were considered property. Their testimony wasn't reliable in that day. So in God's providence, he said, you know, the first people who are going to see the resurrected Jesus and the first people who are going to proclaim it are going to be women. I love that about the Bible. And these women ran to go tell the apostles that Jesus has risen from the dead. And at that moment, the apostles had a choice to make. It's the same choice that we have to make. Is this a claim that is worth investigating or not? Many of those apostles just wrote the women off. It's an idle tale. This is nonsense. He didn't rise from the dead. But Peter needed to go see for himself. If Jesus is really alive, 
then that changes everything. And I need to go see. I need to go investigate. So what about us? Is this a claim worth investigating? But before we answer that question, maybe we need to talk about why it is that this claim, if true, changes everything about your life and my life. And here in Luke 24, it's the angels who remind the women of this, and, he's gonna, and they're going to remind us too. Look at verses 5 to 8 with me in your songbooks there. Luke 24, 5 to 8. And those women were frightened, bowed their faces to the ground, and the angels said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day. It had to happen that way. And they remembered his words. Jesus told everyone who followed him before his crucifixion that this was going to happen. That he was going to die on the cross and raise on the, be raised on the third day. It just never clicked in their heads. The apostles themselves thought that this was an idle tale. And you know, in our day and age, the story that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and raised three days later in the celebration of Easter, it's a very common story. It's a very well-known story. And I worry that because it has become so familiar that we see it as an idle tale and not something that is real and has real implications for our lives. Jesus said that he had to be crucified and he had to raise again three days later. Why? Why is it so crucial? Why is it that if Jesus actually rose again from the dead, it changes everything? Well, let's answer this first one. Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Why did he have to die, like he said? And the answer is this, that Jesus did not come here to be a great teacher. He didn't come here to be a moral pioneer. He didn't come here to be a, just a prophet or a religious leader. Jesus, the Son of God, became a man so that he could stand in our place. That's why he came. So that he could be a substitute. So think about this. So he could sub in for us on the cross. Because the scriptures say that all mankind has sinned against God. We are not who we ought to be. We're not living the way he created us to live. And we all deserve the judgment of God. And that judgment is death. So let me just make this very clear. There's no way to get out of facing the judgment of God by being religious. There's no way to get out of it by being a good person. There's no way to get out of it by being generous and giving to the poor. There's no way of getting out of it by forcing yourself to be a better person. Every human being, everyone, it's what the Bible says. No matter how rich you are or poor you are, to the nicest person you know, to the most evil person we can think of, we all deserve the judgment of God because we've all sinned against God. And so our only hope cannot be to try to be good or try to be better than everyone else. So Jesus had to die on the cross. He had to because he came here to sub in for us, to stand in our place. Jesus comes to take God's judgment in our place so we can be right with God. And that's something that only Jesus can do because only Jesus is the, man, is the only man to have ever lived without sin. And that makes his death 
effective on our behalf. But here's the thing. This is what we need to understand this morning. If that's all Jesus did, if that was it, if he just died, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. If Jesus' death only means something, it's only effective on our behalf, only if he rises again from the dead. If Jesus goes into the grave after being hung on the cross and he does not come out of that grave, then he is just another dead man and it means nothing to us. Okay, let me explain why this is the case. If you have a credit card and you start charging a bunch of stuff to that credit card, what what happens? You're now in debt to that credit card company. You owe them money. And the Bible uses the analogy of debt when it talks about our sin against God. We have racked up debt against God. And we cannot be right with God while we are in debt to God. We must pay the cost for our sin. And the judgment that we deserve for our sin is death. But, but here's the thing. Our personal death does not fully satisfy the debt that we owe God. I mean, that would be like you owing a million dollars to the credit card company and you try to satisfy it with a $10 payment. I mean, what's going to happen if you try to do that? Right? The credit card companies are going to come after you. They have a hold on you. They'll garnish your wages. They'll take your house. They'll ruin your credit. They're going to make your life miserable. Why? Because they own you. And in the same way, if we die in our sins and we're not right with God, we're in debt, then death rules over us. It has a hold on us. It owns us. We will spend eternity under the judgment of God for the debt that we cannot pay. So think about it. If Jesus subbed in for us on the cross and he never walks out of the grave, if death still has a hold on Jesus, this can only mean one thing. That death is one. That Jesus and his payment on the cross and his death was not enough to satisfy the debt that we owe God. So listen, Jesus had to walk out of the grave. He had to be raised on the third day. Again, as 1 Corinthians 15 says, that if Jesus is not resurrected from the dead, then death wins. We're still in our sins. Take everything we believe in the church and in the scriptures and dismiss it. Because if Jesus does not walk out of the grave, it means nothing to us. He had to walk out of the grave. Because when Jesus walks out of the grave, it is the grand declaration that the debt has been paid in full. He subbed in for us on the cross and he defeated death on our behalf. He pays our debt. Death no longer owns you. Death no longer rules you. Death no longer has claim over you. To those who had Jesus die for them on the cross in their place, they no longer have to fear the grave. For all the grave is, it's just passage into home, eternal joy. So Jesus had to die on the cross. He had to walk out of the grave. He had to defeat death so that we could be right with God and we could have life. It's the only way it happens. So back to the choice that we have. A claim has been made that Jesus has risen from the dead. If it's not true, we dismiss everything. 
everything. If it is true, then it changes everything in our lives. Everything. Let me give you three reasons why. The first one is this. If Jesus rose again from the dead, it changes everything because it means that we've actually sinned against God. It means the bad news is true. I mean, if Jesus actually defeated death on our behalf, then this means death is something we should fear. That we are in debt to God because of our sin. And we should take seriously the fact that the scriptures tell us that we have sinned against a holy God and are under his judgment. 1 John 1.8 tells us, if we say that we are without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We shouldn't scoff at this. But in humility, we should examine our life to understand what it means that we have sinned against God. It's a terrible thing to live this life rejecting God and scoffing at his judgment. Because scripture tells us that our life is but a vapor compared to eternity. How foolish would it be to stake our entire eternity on the arrogant assumption that this is nothing but an idle tale, like the apostles said. The second reason why this changes everything is if Jesus rose again from the dead, then that means redemption's available. I mean, this means that although God is holy and just, he is at the same time merciful and gracious. He does not want us to go to the grave in our sins. That's not his desire for us. So he made a way for us to be redeemed and forgiven. So the Bible says in Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he rose again from the dead, that he walked out of the grave, you will be saved. Right? The way that, death and the, that the death and resurrection of Jesus becomes our story is when we recognize that, yes, I've sinned against God and I need Jesus. I need his redemption. And then I trust that Jesus died on the cross in my place and he walked out of the grave paying off my debt of sin. And if we believe this, if we trust this, then we will be right with God and we will live forever. Listen, Christianity, the church, it's not about out-moralizing people. It's not the message of the Bible. This is about Jesus and what Jesus did to save us from our sin. Colossians 2 tells us, And you who were dead in your sin, God made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses, all of our sins. Verse 14, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us nailing it to the cross. Redemption is available to those who trust in Jesus and him alone. And that changes everything. And lastly, this changes everything because if Jesus rose again from the dead, then we can actually live our lives with hope. We don't have to live in constant fear of the end. We don't have to live our life with the belief that these few decades are our only shot at joy and happiness and purpose and fulfillment. We have the hope of eternity because death has been defeated. I mean, think about what your life would be like if you were free from the fear of death. If you were free from the pursuit of money, free from the pursuit of fame, free from the pursuit of pleasure. If you were just free from that. I mean, the resurrection of Jesus is life-altering because the hope it brings can overhaul the priorities of your life. 
It's an invitation into joy that can't be touched by your circumstances. So as I said earlier, we all have a choice to make. The same choice that the apostle had to make when the women came running in proclaiming that Jesus had risen. Are we going to be like the apostles who just scoff and write it off and say, ah, it's just a fairy tale? Or are we going to at least be like Peter and say, I need to see this for myself. I need to look in. I need to investigate to see if this is actually true. Because I don't think anyone can argue that if this is true, if Jesus did walk out of that grave, it changes everything. And that is a claim worth investigating. And so if you're here and you don't believe in Jesus or you're not sure what you believe, you're still wrestling with what you believe, whether your mind is made up or if you're still trying to get your questions answered, I wanna ask you to do me a favor. Do me a favor. I want you to say this prayer to God. Even if you think there's no God there to listen to your prayer, will you just say this prayer in the quiet of your heart and in the thoughts of your mind? You can do it now or later or whatever. Just, just say this prayer. Say, God, if I'm not sure if you're there and I'm really not sure about this whole resurrection thing, if that's true or not, but if it's true, will you reveal it to me? If it's true, will you confirm that for me? If it's true, would you help me to believe? Will you pray that? Because I think God will honor that prayer. And we want to be a church that will come alongside of you in your investigation. And so if you want to connect with us, if you want to talk to one of us about what the Bible says and everything that we've talked about, we'd love to do that with you. And there's two ways you can do that today. The first one is you can talk to us this morning. Uh, when we're done here, we're going to close with a few songs. Myself and our elders will be in the back near the tent. If you want to come talk to us, we'd love to talk to you right there, pray with you or whatever, answer any questions. Or if you want to connect later, what you can do is go to our connect area. You can fill out that form that we have and just give us your email address and check the box that says, I want to talk to a pastor. We'll shoot you an email and we'll set up a time to talk. But we'd love to come alongside of you in your investigation, because the investigation is worth it. Friends, Jesus is risen. And whether you've been following Jesus for a long time, or if you're still not sure if you believe he's there, I want you to know that it changes everything about your life. Let me pray for us. Father, as we gather together this morning outside, spending time thinking about the resurrection of Jesus, Lord, I, I pray very simply that you would answer the prayer that I've, I've asked folks here to pray. And that is, Lord, will you, if, if there are folks here who, who are unsure if you're there, if they're unsure, if, if the resurrection is true, Lord, I pray that you would show it to them. I pray, Lord, that you would do something to, to help them to believe, that you would reveal yourself to them, and Lord, it would be unmistakable. Lord, I pray, Father, that you would 
Allow new life to be birthed this morning, Lord, in such a way that only you could get the praise and the glory. And Father, I pray for those of us here who believe in you and we, following, we have been following you, Lord, that Father, this morning as we think about why the resurrection is so critical, Lord, I pray that, Lord, you just build up our faith. Now, Lord, you would build up our encouragement in the fact that Jesus walked out of the grave and he paid our debt and he made it so that death is no longer something that we need to fear. So, Lord, we love you. We're grateful, Father, that we've been able to just gather outside. Thanks for the provision to do this. And we just pray, Lord, as we close in song, that, Lord, you would just encourage your people and that you'd be glorified. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.